Section 45 of the History of Prostitution. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The History of Prostitution by William Sanger. Section 45. Chapter 32. New York. Statistics. Part 1. Schedule of Questions. Age. Juvenile Depravity. Premature Old Age. Gradual Descent. Average Duration of a Prostitute's Life. Nativity. Proportion of Prostitutes from Various States. New York. Effects of Immigration. Foreigners. Proportion to Population. It is to be hoped the reader has already perused the introduction to this volume containing a description of the modus operandi, adopted to obtain the necessary information from the prostitutes of New York City. The following schedule of questions was prepared for this purpose, and the ensuing pages present in tabular form the answers received thereto. How old will you be next birthday? Were you born in America, and if so, in what state? How long have you resided in New York City? If born abroad, in what country? How long have you resided in the United States? How long have you resided in the state of New York? What induced you to emigrate to the United States? Did you receive any assistance, and if so, from whom, and to what amount, to enable you to emigrate to the United States? Can you read and write? Are you single, married, or widowed? If married, is your husband living with you, or what caused the separation? If widowed, how long has your husband been dead? Have you had any children? How many? Boys, girls. Were these children born in wedlock? Are they living or dead? If living, are they with you now, or where are they? For what length of time have you been a prostitute? Have you had any disease incident to prostitution? If so, what? What was the cause of your becoming a prostitute? Is prostitution your only means of support? If not, what other means have you? What trade or calling did you follow before you became a prostitute? How long is it since you abandoned your trade as a means of living? What were your average weekly earnings at your trade? What business did your father follow? If your mother had any business independent of your father, what was it? Did you assist either your mother or your father in their business? If so, which of them? Is your father living, or how old were you when he died? Is your mother living, or how old were you when she died? Do you drink intoxicating liquors? If so, to what extent? Did your father drink intoxicating liquors? If so, to what extent? Did your mother drink intoxicating liquors? If so, to what extent? Were your parents Protestants, Catholics, or non-professors? Were you trained to any religion? If so, was it Protestant or Catholic? Do you profess the same religion now? How long since you observed any of its requirements? In addition to this comprehensive series, space was left for any remarks the examiner might wish to make upon other points. The queries were printed on a large sheet of paper with sufficient blanks for the answers, 
and the officer was desired as soon as he had obtained all the information required to fold the sheet and sign his name on a line left for that purpose with the date the inquiries were made the locality of the house in which the woman resided and the police district in which it was comprised it is a matter of much regret that in the burning of the island hospital blackwell's island on february thirteenth eighteen fifty eight all the schedules were destroyed they contained many facts which from want of space are but slightly alluded to in the following pages and would have been of material service in any measures hereafter taken to mitigate the sorrows or prevent the excesses of the abandoned women of new york farther prelude is unnecessary it only remains to give the answers as received with such deductions as may arise from them question how old will you be next birthday age number fifteen years two sixteen years seventeen seventeen years sixty-two eighteen years one hundred forty-three nineteen years two hundred fifty-eight twenty years two hundred sixty-eight twenty-one years two hundred six twenty-two years one hundred seventy-six twenty-three years one hundred fifty-three twenty-four years ninety-six twenty-five years ninety-seven twenty-six years seventy-five twenty-seven years fifty-three twenty-eight years fifty-eight twenty-nine years forty-nine thirty years forty-four thirty-one years eighteen thirty-two years sixteen thirty-three years twenty-nine thirty-four years fifteen thirty-five years nineteen thirty-six years twenty-three thirty-seven years eleven thirty-eight years nine thirty-nine years seven forty years twenty-five forty-one years seven forty-two years six forty-three years six forty-four years three forty-five years six forty-six years two forty-seven years two forty-eight years five forty-nine years three fifty years four fifty-one years one fifty-two years three fifty-three years three fifty-five years five fifty-seven years three fifty-eight years two fifty-nine years two sixty years two sixty-two years one sixty-three years one sixty-six years two seventy-one years one seventy-seven years one total two thousand the facts exhibited by this table are sufficiently palpable to render remarks almost unnecessary but the existence of juvenile degradation is so clearly proven as to call for a few observations between the ages of fifteen and twenty years are found about three-eighths of the whole number embraced in this return between the ages of twenty-one and twenty-five years nearly three-eighths more of the whole number are included giving in the first ten years of the table three-quarters of the aggregate prostitution while the next period of five years or from twenty-six to thirty contains one-eighth more it is thus upon record that seven out of every eight women who came under this investigation had not yet reached thirty years of age 
Beyond this standard, each year shows but a few, and of these veterans the majority are those who are now keeping houses of ill-fame. Comparing this with the ages of residents in New York, as given in the census reports, it will appear that prostitutes under twenty years of age are in excess about twenty-five per cent, as this inquiry shows that for every four abandoned women between the ages of twenty and thirty there are three between fifteen and twenty, but the official classification proves that for every four women in the state between twenty and thirty years old there are only two between fifteen and twenty. While juvenile degradation is an inseparable adjunct of prostitution, premature old age is its inevitable result. Take, for example, the career of a female who enters a house of prostitution at sixteen years of age. Her step is elastic, her eye bright, she is the observed of all observers. The habitués of the place flock around her, gloat over her ruin while they praise her beauty, and try to drag her down to their own level of depravity, while flattering her vanity. As the last spark of inherent virtue flickers and dies in her bosom, and she becomes sensible that she is indeed lost, that her anticipated happiness proves but splendid misery, she also becomes conscious that the door of reformation is practically closed against her. But this life of gay depravity cannot last. Her mind becomes tainted with the moral miasma in which she lives. Her physical powers wane under the trials imposed upon them and her career in a fashionable house of prostitution comes to an end. She must descend in the ladder of vice, follow her from one step to another in her downward career. Today you may find her in our aristocratic promenades. Tomorrow she will be forced to walk in more secluded streets. Tonight you may see her glittering at one of the fashionable theatres. Tomorrow she will be found in some one of the infamous resorts which abound in the lower part of the city. Today she may associate with the wealthy of the land. Tomorrow none will be too low for her company. Today she has servants to do her bidding. Tomorrow she may be buried in a pauper's coffin and a nameless grave. This is no fancy sketch, but an outline of the course of many women now living as prostitutes in the lowest class in the city of New York. Any one conversant with the subject knows that there is a well-understood gradation in this life and as soon as a woman ceases to be attractive in the higher walks, as soon as her youth and beauty fade, she must either descend in the scale or starve. Nor will any deny that of those who commence a life of shame in their youth under the most specious and flattering delusions, the majority are found, in a short time, plunged into the deepest misery and degradation. Here is seen, at a glance, a reason for the large number of juvenile prostitutes. Youth is a marketable commodity, and when its charms are lost they must be replaced. The following cases from life will substantiate this view. For obvious reasons the names are suppressed. C.B. is a native of New York, and now resides in the 8th Police District of the city. She is twenty years old, and became a prostitute at the age of sixteen, through the harshness and unkind treatment of a stepmother, her own mother having died when she was an infant. Take another case from the same neighborhood. L.B. was born in Vermont. Her father died while she was a child. At the age of fifteen she was enticed to the city, and became an inmate of a house of prostitution. She is described as an intelligent, well-educated girl of temperate habits. One more instance from the same locality. F.W. is a native of New York City. 
is the child of honest, hard-working parents, has received a medium education, at seventeen years old, was seduced under a promise of marriage, and deserted. She then embraced a life of prostitution, influenced mainly by shame, and the idea that she had no other means of subsistence. These women are residing in that part of the city which contains the majority of the first-class houses of prostitution. They have not yet descended in the scale. The ensuing selection, taken from the fourth police district, the antipodes of the former locality, will forcibly exhibit the operation of this gradual deterioration. E. S. was seduced in Rochester, New York, at the age of sixteen. She accompanied her seducer to this city, and for a season lived here in luxury. She was finally deserted, and now drags out a wretched existence in Water Street. E. C., residing in the same neighborhood, is now nineteen years of age. She was married when but a child, and five years since, or when she was only fourteen years old, was driven on the town through the brutal conduct of her husband. Passing through the various gradations of the scale, she has now become a confirmed drunkard, has endured much physical suffering, and lost to all sense of shame, will doubtless continue in her wretched career till death puts an end to her misery. To continue this chain of evidence, the following cases have been selected from the registers of the penitentiary hospital, now remodeled and called the Island Hospital, Blackwell's Island. S. A. of New Jersey was admitted as a patient when only fifteen years of age, suffering from disease caused by leading a depraved life, and within six months was received and treated therein no less than four times. A. B., born in Scotland, was admitted and treated for venereal disease at fourteen years of age. L. A. D., born in England, was admitted at sixteen years of age, two years since, with similar disease, and with only short intervals, has been an inmate of the hospital continuously from that time. M. H. was admitted at seventeen years of age, and endured a long and painful illness. M. J. D., after following a course of depravity for a year, was admitted at eighteen years of age, lingered in agony for twenty-five days, and then died solely from the effects of a life of prostitution. It is not necessary to pursue this subject farther, as sufficient facts have been adduced to support the assertion that youth is the grand desideratum in the inmates of houses of ill-fame. Young women have been traced from the proudest resorts to the lowest haunts, and have been shown as suffering pain and sickness in a public institution, or dying there in torture. But no attempt has been made to calculate the misery produced in the respective families they had abandoned. The excruciating parental agony caused by the departure of a daughter from the paths of virtue seems more a matter for private contemplation by each reader than for any delineation here. We have witnessed the meetings of parents with their lost children, have stood beside the bed where a frail suffering woman was yielding her last breath, and have shuddered at the awful mental agony overpowering her physical suffering. No doubt can exist that, were it possible to introduce the reader of these pages to such scenes, or even could they be adequately described in all their accumulated horrors, the cordial cooperation of all the friends of virtue and humanity would be secured in furtherance of any plan which would check this mighty torrent of vice and woe. From the fact that youth is the grand desideratum, it is evident that a constant succession of young people will be driven into this arena, either by force or treachery, 
The average duration of life among these women does not exceed four years from the beginning of their career. There are, as in all cases, exceptions to this rule. But it is a tolerably well-established fact that one-fourth of the total number of abandoned women in this city die every year. Thus, by estimating the prostitutes in New York at six thousand, and this is not an exaggerated calculation, as will be proved hereafter, the appalling number of one thousand five hundred erring women are hurried to their last long homes each year of our existence. Neglected and contemned while living, they pass from this world unnoticed and unwept. But their deaths leave vacancies which must be supplied. The inexorable demands of vice and dissipation must be gratified, and who can tell what innocent and happy family circle may next have to mourn the ruin and disgrace of one of its members? In a subsequent portion of this work it will be necessary to notice the means employed for ensnaring the innocent and unsuspecting, and to show that this is a danger which threatens all classes of the community. Question. Were you born in America? If so, in what state? State. Number. Alabama. 1. Carolina North. 2. Carolina South. 4. Columbia. District of. 1. Connecticut. 42. Delaware. 1. Georgia. 1. Illinois. 1. Kentucky. 2. Louisiana. 4. Maine. 24. Maryland. 15. Massachusetts. 71. Missouri. 1. New Hampshire. 7. New Jersey. 69. New York. 394. Ohio. 8. Pennsylvania. 77. Rhode Island. 18. Vermont. 10. Virginia. 9. Total born in United States, 762. The number of prostitutes in New York who were born within the limits of the United States slightly exceeds three-eighths of the aggregate from whom replies to these queries were obtained. They are natives of twenty-one states and one district, and may be subdivided in geographical order as follows. 1. The Eastern District containing Maine, New Hampshire, Vermont, Massachusetts, Connecticut, and Rhode Island, contributes 172 women to the prostitutes of New York City. 2. The Middle States, New York, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, District of Columbia, Delaware, Maryland, and Virginia, contribute 566 women. 3. The Southern States, North Carolina, South Carolina, Georgia, Alabama, and Louisiana, contribute twelve women. 4. The western states, Ohio, Illinois, Missouri, and Kentucky, contribute also twelve women. On what hypothesis can these proportions be explained? Maine, on the extreme northeast, with a rocky, surge-beaten coast, fronting on the wild Atlantic with a harsh, cold climate, sends twenty-four women from her population of 580,000 while Virginia, with 1,421,000 inhabitants, contributes but nine. This difference in favor of the southern state cannot be explained on the ground of distance, for the boundaries of each state are nearly equidistant from New York. Nor can it be sustained by the idea that Maine has more seacoast, 
as the maritime coast of the southern state is at least equal to that of the northern one, and the ordinary tendencies to immorality in seaport towns would be equally felt in each. The case is still farther involved by the fact that in all southern cities the majority of prostitutes are from the north, and it is a well-known circumstance that at certain periods large numbers of courtesans from New York, Boston, and other cities emigrate southward. Were the generally received opinion of the effects of a warm climate upon female organization to be adopted in this connection, not only would there be no necessity for this exodus, but the number of prostitutes received from Virginia should largely exceed those from Maine. This fact is sufficient to confirm the idea already expressed, that fraud or force is used to entrap these females. The natives of a bleak northern state are far more likely to be deceived by the artful misrepresentations of emissaries from New York than the denizens of the southern portion of our Union. The former lead a life of comparative hardship, the latter one of comparative ease. In Maine, over six thousand women, or one in every forty-six of the female population, are immured for six days in every week in a crowded factory. In Virginia, over three thousand women, or one in every one hundred and thirty-four of the female population, are similarly employed. This mode of life will form a matter for subsequent consideration, so far as its tendencies to immorality are concerned. Again, place in contrast Rhode Island with eighteen women living by prostitution in New York, in a population of only 140,000, and Maryland with fifteen prostitutes in New York, in a population of 418,000, and a more palpable difference in favor of the southern state is apparent. The former sends one prostitute out of every eight thousand of her inhabitants, the latter one out of every twenty-eight thousand. Calculating on the basis of the respective populations, Vermont and New Hampshire have nearly the same proportion as Maine. Massachusetts exceeds the average, and Connecticut, par excellence, the land of steady habits, has a still larger excess. New Jersey has the largest proportion of any state in the Union, and Pennsylvania shows about the average of Maine. The southern and western states have but few representatives. New York, the home state, will be noticed in due course. The preceding facts will supply materials for reflection, in conjunction with the question, on what hypothesis can these proportions be explained? The self-evident answer to this query would seem to be that the excess from the eastern and middle states arises from the employment of a much larger proportion of females in manufacturing and sedentary occupations. A young woman of ardent temperament cannot but feel the hardship of this position in life as compared with her more favored sisters in other states, and when such an idea has once obtained possession of her mind, it forms a subject for constant thought. Thus, when already predisposed in favor of any change, she falls into the hands of the tempter a pliant victim. Beyond the hardship attendant on her daily labor, the associations which are formed in factories or workshops where both sexes are employed very frequently result disastrously for the female. Notwithstanding all the care which may be taken on the part of the employers, and it is a subject for national pride that American manufacturers are doing far more to elevate the moral character of their employees than the same class of men in other lands, 
It is morally impossible that these intimacies can be entirely suppressed, nor can their ruinous effects be prevented. Study the moral statistics of any of the manufacturing towns in Great Britain or on the continent of Europe, and the same results are presented, but in a more alarming degree, because there the supervision is not only weak in itself, but is frequently entrusted to improper persons whose interest is often in direct opposition to their duty. A FEW WORDS IN RESPECT TO THE STATE OF NEW YORK The number of prostitutes in proportion to the population far exceeds the ratio from any other state except New Jersey. Beyond the effect of manufactures, which operate here to a corresponding extent as in other states, the immense maritime business of New York City, and the constant flood of immigrants and strangers passing through it, must be taken into consideration. This constantly fills some localities with sailors men proverbial for having in every port a wife, and many of whom are notorious frequenters of houses of prostitution. This circumstance proves that this infernal traffic is governed by the same rules which regulate commercial transactions, namely, that the supply is in proportion to the demand. If by any miracle all the seamen and strangers visiting New York could be transformed into moral men, at least from one-half to two-thirds of the houses of ill-fame would be absolutely bankrupt. The constant flood of immigration leaves a mass of debris behind it, consisting in the first place of men idle and vicious in their own lands, who transfer their vices to the country of their adoption, and for a time after arrival here devote what means they possess to the pursuit of debauchery, and materially help to swell the torrent of immorality. Another class of immigrants are women, many of whom are sent here by charitable associations or public bodies in foreign lands, as the most economical way to get rid of them. Many of these females become mothers almost as soon as they land on these shores. In fact, the probability of such an event sometimes hastens their departure. They exist here in the most squalid misery in some tenement house or hovel. Their children receive none of the advantages of education for as soon as they can beg they are compelled to aid in the struggle for bread, and the most frequent result is that the boys are arrested for some petty theft, and the girls become prostitutes, thus contributing to meet the demand caused by the classes already mentioned. But, in addition to these foreign children born by accident in our state, the proportion of prostitutes from New York is increased by the facility offered for transit from the interior to the city. Doubtless there are many courtesans from the eastern and southern districts who find their way to some of the large cities in their own part of the country, and so, on the same principle, when a woman in this state has fallen into vicious habits, her natural resort is to this metropolis. In addition to the more extended market it offers for her charms, its advantages as a great central rendezvous for the nation must not be overlooked. Here a prostitute can live until her attractions wane and hence she can easily reach any southern or other point where abandoned women are in demand. Despite of the large number of prostitutes ascertained to have been born within the bounds of New York State, it cannot be conceded that we are any less moral than our neighbors in other parts of the Confederation. It is a matter for the most serious consideration to be followed by sound and judicious action, either legislative or personal that so large a number of American girls fall victims to this fell destroyer, in a land where a good education is within the reach of every one, where industry, if properly applied in the right channels, will afford a comfortable maintenance for all, 
where the natural resources are sufficient to support nearly half the inhabitants of the world. Question. Were you born abroad? If so, in what country? Countries? Numbers. Austria? Two. Belgium? One. British North America? Sixty-three. Denmark? One. England? One hundred four. France? Thirteen. Germany? Two hundred forty-nine. Ireland? Seven hundred six. Italy? One. Poland? Three. Prussia? Six. Saxony? Two. Scotland? Fifty-two. Switzerland? Seventeen. Wales? One. West Indies? Four. At sea? Thirteen. Total born abroad? One thousand two hundred thirty-eight. It has been frequently remarked, and as generally believed, in the absence of any satisfactory information on the subject, that a very large majority of the prostitutes in New York are of foreign birth. But the facts already developed, with the few remarks which will be made upon the above table of nativities, go far toward falsifying that opinion. The enumeration shows that five-eighths only were born abroad, the dominions of Great Britain furnishing the largest proportion. The ratio in which the several parts of that kingdom supply the new world with courtesans may be stated in round numbers as follows. Ireland contributes one prostitute to every four thousand of her population. British North America, one prostitute to every seven thousand of population. Scotland, one prostitute to every sixteen thousand of population. England and Wales, one prostitute to every fifty thousand of population. Of course, this will be understood as referring to all prostitutes now living in this city, assuming the average nativities of all to be fairly represented in the replies obtained from a portion. But these numbers, being based upon the population of the several countries, give but a very imperfect idea of the extent of vice among that portion of their people who have settled in America, and a more satisfactory comparison can be drawn from the records of emigration. Upon an examination of the arrivals in each year from the time the existing Board of Commissioners of Emigration was organized, to the end of 1857, a period of ten years, it is found that the numbers average 230,000 per annum, which gives a proportion of one prostitute to every 250 emigrants. This is based upon the theory that one-fourth of the abandoned women die, or are otherwise removed from the city, every year. To repeat this fact in plainer words, of every two hundred and fifty emigrants, men, women, and children, who land at our docks, at least one woman eventually becomes known as a prostitute. End of section 45